0: But it's a joy to be here, and I enjoy these young people. Wasn't it a blessing? I appreciate this college. I appreciate any college that's local church. I'm a local church man, 150%, amen. And I appreciate, appreciate your pastor. And I'm so sorry he couldn't come tonight and be here, but I'm praying for him now. You tell him I'm praying for him. All right. Brother Volton and I have some things in common. We were given a, a degree. Now, you can tell he's got one, but you couldn't tell I ever had one. A degree in 1975 or 76. It's hanging on the wall there in my office. I think it's 75. He and I, that's where I met him at. They gave us one at Howells Anderson College. And then in 1985, if I'm not mistaken, that has been 20 years. 1985, Dr. Bolton gave me one. So I've got one from him. And then Bob Gray. Who was in Jacksonville, Florida at that time? He gave me one. Boy, I tell you, I'm an educated fellow. I really am. Let me tell you this one. Last year, my 48th anniversary was the first Sunday in July. And uh, <laughs> I'm a country boy, you know, you can tell by the way I talk. I'm a country boy. I was raised on a farm two miles from Boyan Pastor. And uh, my deacons come up on the platform. With a mule collar. Now you, you, you city people don't even know what that is. But that fitted around the mule. We used to plow mules. I plowed mules when I was a kid. And they found that old collar somewhere, Brother Paul. And they presented that to me on the platform last July. And uh, so one of our men afterwards, he says, uh, "Preacher, I want to, I want to just take that home with me for a few minutes, for a few days." And he come back and he put a mirror in that old mule collar. It's got a mirror you can look at yourself in it. And my daughter, Molly, has been my secretary for 26 years now. And uh, she has a real sense of humor. She said, Dad, what will you do with this collar? I said, that's my first degree. I said, hang it on the wall in my office right in the middle of the others. And so if you ever come in my office now, i got a mule collar. And then those others around there, you know. <laughs> Amen. That's the first one. If you ever can, come down to see us at Gospel Light. It stays warm most of the time. The reason the Lord sent that warm weather, he loves me so much. He knows I'd freeze to death up here. And I was telling the preacher uh, yesterday, I said, you know, i never been to Wisconsin before. Never been. And uh, and I and I said, boy, I think about being cold, cold. All I could see on a TV weather was it's always cold and snowing up here, you know. You folks around Chicago, I feel so sorry for you to have to live in that place, you know. And uh, so, but but I found out it's different. It gets warm sometimes. And that's great. And that's great. I want you to turn to Psalm 31 with me tonight. And then I want you to go to Revelation 2. I want to read some scriptures in both of those tonight. Psalm 31 and uh, Revelation chapter 2. All right, you young people's got a long ways to go. I'll try to preach. Not, let, not more than two hours tonight so you can get home. Get home sometime after a while. And I want to encourage you, members of this church, to be faithful. I believe you have a good pastor. His heart is in the church, folks. I I've been around a whole lot. Don't know much, but I've been around a long time. I've been trying to preach. It's unreal, but I've been trying to preach for fifty-four years. Last you're not even that old. For fifty-four years, last uh, September, I was saved on October the twenty-fourth, nineteen forty-eight. I was seventeen when I got saved. A year or so after that, God began to deal with me about preaching. And I surrendered in September of 1950. And so you figure it out. This September will be 55 years. And, and the ministry's changed. I just might want to talk to these young people. The ministry's changed so much. Let me tell you, wherever you go, put your heart in it. The ministry's got too mechanical. But I don't see that in this pastor right here. I mean, this is his heartbeat. This church, this church sold. This is not just a business. It's a ministry to him. And, uh, and and I hope that the Lord tears his coming, that he'll leave him here many, many years. And you folks will be faithful and stand behind him. This man came in last night. The folks sat back to my right back there and came forward, raised his hand that he was lost. And came forward, and you know, one of the men took him back and led him to the Lord in his 50s, I think. If I remember right, This man lived eight or ten blocks from here. And you folks knocked on doors and left one of the little flyers of the meeting. He told me later, said, I got that thing. If I understand right, he walked here last night. Now, isn't that something? He told me after service, he said, God's been after me since I was six years old. See, you never know out there. And he walked, and somebody took him home. And I was encouraged. I said, now you come back to this church, fella. I said, That's very important. You be faithful. The man's got a wife and child or two, I think. So see, there's prospects. But what I'm trying to say, you never know. Somebody just stuck that little piece of paper in his door. Ten blocks away. And he got a hold of that. So the thing we want to do is witness. Dr. Harold Sider was one of my heroes. He preached at Fairhaven from Tabernacle in Greenville, South Carolina. Dr. Seiler said one time, said, All we are is God's seed sowers and water boys. And God gives the increase. So you never know what may come from there if you just sow them seed. And so I encourage you just keep keep that. Keep up. You'll plug in some here, some there. And there'll be times you'll be discouraged, but you'll be faithful. God will bless you. And we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. Here in Psalm 31. Notice the last two verses, if you will, in Psalm 31, verse 23. Look at it. O love the Lord, all ye His saints. Notice, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. You see that word? The Lord preserveth the faithful and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. These verses got in my mind when I was reading one day, just doing my Bible reading. The Lord preserveth the faithful. Then I, I thought about, we'll read it over there. you got it, Revelation chapter 2. Let's read a little bit about the church at Smyrna. Uh, Revelation 2, you know, this is the seven churches of Asia. You know, if you and I had been living that day, we would have probably said, this was not much of a church. You ever thought about that? We would have probably said the Laodian church is really nice. See, they had need of nothing. They had all the things, but they didn't have God. in them, You see. But this, look at this church here. Smyrna, uh, poor, crushed, I believe is what the word means. Verse 8. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things saith the first and the last, which was dead and is alive. Now we know that's Christ. Notice what he said. I know thy works. I'll stop there just a minute. Folks, sometime you get to the place where you you try to work hard and seem like nobody ever appreciates it. You know what I mean? But always remember that the main one knows about your works. He knows your works. He knows. And he's going to reward if you give a cup of cold water. He'll reward. Let me stop there and tell you something. I'm not going to preach a long time tonight. I was preaching up in the hills of Virginia, now about 70 miles from home. 40 years ago, in a little old church. By, I say a little old church. I mean, it was back in the boondocks, if I could say. A little dirt road. You'd think you'd never get to it. And every night, I preached. This pastor, he worked in a cotton mill there. And he pastored these two little churches for years and years. And um, he'd, he'd have, uh, let's see, how'd he do it? He had Sunday school at 2 o'clock in the evening and preaching at 3 o'clock in one of them. And then the other one, he would have Sunday morning, Sunday school and preaching, and, and, and preaching on Sunday night in it, And he, he got to liking me. And so for years and years, I was preaching week meetings back then. And I'd go to one of them in the spring and one of them in the fall. And the one way back up in the hills, there was a, a, an elderly couple would come up an old dirt road in an old collapidated pickup. And park over here, and uh, and here's a, here's the front door, and then here's the parking lot, and here's a door that comes in on the side, and that little lady, a little backward country lady, she'd bring in uh, a pitcher of water, and she'd bring it up and set it down here in a glass, and I, I really wasn't used to drinking water. I just get to preaching, I'd forget it. Uh, then, and every night she'd uh, she'd go out the door. And she'd pour the water out. We'd get out about nine o'clock. You know, start, I think it's seven thirty to start. About dusk dark in summertime, and she'd pour that water out. And her and her husband would get that little truck, and I'd well, Now this happened time after time after time when I was at me. And Every time I was there, she'd bring that water. I said to the Pastor one night, I said, "Brother Calloway, I appreciate that lady bringing that water." But I said, I said, "Why don't you just just tell her not to bring it?" I'm not used to drinking it. He said, Brother Bobby, if you don't mind. Said one time I preached that scripture in Matthew ten, you know, if you bring a cup of cold water, Lord. I said, that little lady can't read and write. Did she come up to me and she said, Preacher, would you let me be the water lady for the preachers? And he said, I told her yes. I said, Don't you ever let her know what I said a word. Please don't never look. And I'll drink water from now on. And I did. I'd, st- I'd make a point. I'd stop and drink water two or three times. I always did. Now, wait a minute. Years passed. We've been on the radio for 35, 40 years. On Sunday night, an hour of our service is broadcast, you see. Okay, our service starts at 730. It's always had. Most all the rest of them are 6 o'clock. So a lot of my preacher friends get out and they listen to us on the way home. I was telling the church that story one night, bringing in somewhere in a message. And I said, I guess that dear old soul is in heaven now. And the next week, I got a clipping from a preacher that I knew I'd preached for him. And he said, Brother Bobby, last Sunday night was going home. And I heard you refer to, to this lady. And he said, this is amazing, last week, her and her husband celebrated their 66th wedding anniversary, and it came out in the Martinsville, Virginia paper. And I cut it out and give it to you. I've got it now. And said, "By the way, she's 88 years old." And said, "By the way, she's still carrying water to the bridge." Now listen, you'll be surprised at Judgment Seat. The Lord's going to have some of us that people know pretty good. You step back, and she's done a good work. Amen. I just thought about that when he said I. Remember, the Lord knows your work. And that's what he said. Now, I got hung up there. but Look at verse 9. I know thy works and your tribulation and your poverty, but thou art rich. I know the blasphemy of them which say they're Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. Now, notice what he said in verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast uh, some of you into prison. That ye may be tried. Ye shall have tribulation ten days. Now he didn't say quit. Notice what he said. Be thou faithful. You see those words? Unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Be thou faithful unto death. Then he says this and so many times in Revelation He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. He that overcometh shall not be heard the second death. But what do you see, this church was going through some troubles and trials. He said you got some hypocrites in there. They claim to be Jews and they're not. And I know about that and how, and some of you be put in prison. And all, some of you give you life. But the Lord said, I don't want you to stop. Be thou faithful unto death and I'll give thee a crown of life. You study that word faithful in the Bible, it's amazing. You remember what Paul did when he come down to the end of the journey? He said, I've, I've, I've kept the faith. And he said, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, but not to me only, but all them that love me. His appearing, you see. Much about faithfulness in the Bible. I thought about Second uh, uh, Timothy chapter 3 in Peerless Times, if you remember your Bible. And he talks about all the things happen, But he comes down to verse 14 and he says, but Timothy, continue... And the things which your mother, and your grandmother, you remember? What's he saying being faithful? We need some faithful people today, folks. Some faithful people. And then in Corinthians, so many verses, but in Corinthians, it's required in a steward to be faithful. And you young people's going to be going this way and that way. And wherever God sends you, you go through some tough times. And you older people will too. But be Faithful. I'm telling you, some people jump around. Uh, one of my preacher friends, he's about 90 years old now, and we had a meal with him and his wife sometime back. And his wife said, uh, "His wife said, Brother Bobby said he used to jump. He'd say, the Lord's leading me so-and-so, and the Lord leads people. He better lead us. But he said, Lord, leads so-and-so. And he said, a little while, but I believe the Lord's leading me. He said, he'd get up against something hard, and the Lord's leading him. And she said, I told him one day, he said, Ed, if you don't stop changing God's mind, he's going to get mad at you. <laughs> You know, we run up a little against something. I don't believe God wants me there. He wants I believe God Listen, folks, through that time of hard battles, if you'll be faithful, that's when God will bless you. And that's what he's talking about over there in my text. If he, he said, I'll preserve those that are faithful. So faithful in every situation. Faithful in everything. Suffering, persecutions. Just be faithful. Faithful in your soul wings. Just give out tracks and, and witness here and yonder, everywhere. Be faithful. Now, i put down a few things I want to share with you quickly tonight. I believe the results of faithfulness. Number one is this. Faithfulness will build our faith. You remember what Peter said in First uh, Peter 1, 7? The trial of your faith. Now, every time I prayed, if God answered it just like that, it wouldn't be a trial. But when you're praying and you you believe God's in something that don't happen, that's when you face trial, you see. I was reading a sermon the other day by Billy Sunday, and he said God answers prayer in three ways. He says yes, he says no, or he says wait. <laughs> that's true, isn't it? That's the way he does. Sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says yes. But we need to be faithful. That'll help build our faith. Uh, I was thinking about David. Now, just think with me on this story in the Bible. Most of you know about David and Goliath. David, you know, was watching his father's sheep. You remember when the lion and the bear came out, grabbed that little lamb? Now, wait a minute. If David had to took off, he'd have never matured. But you know what he done? He dived in, and God gave him strength, and he killed that lion, he killed that bear. Now here he is, his dad sent him uh to see how his brothers get along in the battle. Most of you know the story. And he goes out there and there's that big old giant standing out there cursing God. Everybody's afraid to move. David said, What's all this about? And they told him. His brother said, Why don't you go on back home and watch the daddy's sheep? I think he was embarrassed. He said, What are you doing out here anyway? David said, Is there not a cause? Then you remember when Saul, uh, he said, I'm going out and get him. And Saul said, put this armor on. Can't you see him as he pulled out a helmet down, that thing hanging down over there? He said, I never tried this, but I, I know something works. You know what I think he was thinking? Bacchonah was faithful to kill that lion and bearer. And if you remember, he got those stones and he told him. he said, he told King Saul, he said, a lion came out against uh, our sheep one day and grabbed one and a bear. and God gave me strength to kill them. Now what I'm trying to say, I believe as a little old David was looking out there at that giant, he was faithful with a barren lion and God used that to build his faith up. God said, hey David, if, if you can take care of of the barren line, you can take care of that old boy. The same God took care of him can take care of him. You understand what I mean? And the more men you will stand in those battles, the more God will give us faith. So I believe faithfulness builds faith. For instance, uh, you, you ever see a, an older person been through a whole lot? They don't get up tight like a young person does. You ever think about that? My grandma... I mentioned her last night. I had two wonderful grandmothers. One would be ninety five and one was eighty-eight. I mean, there's nothing shake them. My grandmother Robinson buried her husband a year before I was born, forty five years old with a stroke. Died sudden. My daddy, it was three boys, my daddy preached on Sunday and he had a bad heart condition and he dropped dead about 10.30 on Monday morning at 39 years old. I was 12 when he died. My uncle, his brother, uh, three or four years, four or five years passed, and he died in his sleep at 47. And And then my oldest uncle died with a heart attack at 53. My oldest first cousin died at 42 with a heart attack. My grandma outlived all them trouble. I'll never forget when my cousin, 42, I'd led him to the Lord. I was his Pastor, about five years before he died. Had a good testimony. And I had to go tell her. And I went in, Granny Leo, by herself. And I said, Granny, I brought you some sad news. And she said, which one is it this time, Bobby? And I told her, I said, Hoyt had a heart attack and he slipped out. You know what she done and began to quote to me, John 14? Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. She was calmer than the rest of the crowd. This is what she said. She said, Now, Bobby, the will will be coming in here in a few minutes. They'll be wanting me to take a whole lot of medicine. Don't let them dope me up because I've got to go through this. And Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. And the same Lord had helped me when your granddaddy, and she started calling them all down through the years. He's here now. Now, you know what? She'd been faithful through her troubles, and that built her faith because she stood. That's why the old timers will say, when your kids, you remember when your kids, you run into something happen? You say, oh, and grandma or somebody say, oh, I'm sorry. It you think, good night, you or what you talk? about. Yes, she does, too. She's been through some battles. And I want to say this, and I'll move on. If we'll be faithful, God will build our faith. I was riding along a few years ago with my wife. I think I was wanting some, somebody to pity me. We had, I don't know, three or four troubles going, something going on all the time in our church. And uh, I turned 65. You didn't know I was that old. Did you? I turned 65. And a lot of preachers around us start retiring, you know, Social Security. And uh, I was thinking, you know, and, and I said to my wife, I said, honey, I said, I don't I don't remember what the trouble was. I said, I don't know where I can stand these battles much longer than I. You know, she called me daddy. We we're riding along together. And she said, daddy, you ought to be ashamed of yourself what all God's brought you through and you talk like that. Whew, boy, that hit home hard. Well, let me tell you what it does. I had a heart attack when I was 29. Church split 43 years ago. And all that stuff. And God began to bring it to my mind. And you know what it done? It built my faith up. When I thought about, yes, you did, Lord. You brought me through this. You brought me through. I didn't get through it myself. You brought me through. Thank you, Lord. And then it helped me come out of it. So that's what I'm saying. That faithfulness will build our faith. I don't want to say sack of it. You know, faithfulness will reveal that God's grace is sufficient. You know, we say God's grace; it's what it says, though, is it? sufficient. But when we'll be faithful through our battles, that's when people will realize the grace of God is sufficient. For instance, in Second Corinthians chapter twelve, most of you know the story. Paul had a thorn in the flesh. Paul thought, you know, Lord, if you just move this old pain. I don't know what it was. Personally, I think it was his eyesight. I don't know. But anyway, he had some problem. And he thought if the Lord would just take this pain away, whatever it is, I could really serve him. But you know what God said? Paul, I'm not going to do it. I tell you, by the way, you ought to tell that television crowd that once in a while. Yeah. What's his name? Benny Hinn or something. <laughs> I'm just saying, God don't heal every time. And he told Paul, he said, Paul, I'm not going to hear you, but I'm going to give you grace to bear it. And this is amazing to me. I wished I was this good a Christian. Old Paul said, well, i rather glory. <laughs> he said, when I'm persecuted, I'll just shout about it, <laughs> Lord. If it means something to glorify your name. And what happened? Paul was faithful through all of that. And that built his faithfulness. And wait a minute. Through that, you had to take knowledge it was something more than Paul, it was the grace of God. Look at Stephen in Acts chapter 6. You remember when they could not resist by the Spirit when he spoke? But he was faithful through all them troubles. And they said his face shined as an angel. You see, if we'll be faithful. I was preaching with Dr. J.B. Buffington several years ago. He pastored in Calvary Baptist in uh, Lakeland, Florida, for years. His health went bad. He's retired pastor. But Patrick preaches some around And he told us a story of a man who had been a bus captain for 32 years in his church. He had just died at that time. He said, Brother Bobby, this man was faithful. He said, I mean, we couldn't even get him to take a vacation uh, on a Sunday. He said, I got to run my bus route for 32 years. He said, if you took a vacation, you'd go off on Monday and come back on Friday. But he said he had a stroke in church and took him to the hospital and a day or two later. Found out he was brain dead. And he said, I was in the room when they removed all the machinery or whatever. And he said, I've never seen anything like this for the body. And J.B. Buffington was real. He's real. He said, I'm standing there, the nurse, the doctor, and the family. And they took this machine off of him. Here's a man brain dead. This is what J.B. told me. He said after a little while, said, his hands went up like this. He said the doctor stood back. The nurse had never seen anything like that. He said for a minute or so, it was like this. And he said He's on that. You know what Dr. Button said? He said, I thought about Stephen. He said, that was the most faithless man I've ever seen in the bus ministry. He said, Brother Bobby, it's going to take two or three to do the job that he does. This is what Dr. Buffett said. He said, I believe the Lord was just welcoming home because he's faithful. Oh, how we need to be faithful. We can prove God's grace is sufficient. Here's something else I put in. Faithfulness will encourage others to be faithful. You ever once in a while somebody say, well, that's a good old boy... I know he does this he don't hurt nobody but himself. Let me tell you, I am helping or hurting somebody every day of my life. And you are too. And young people and old people and old people, we need some people that'll be faithful to God to set a good example of others. So much I could say about that. But to help others to be faithful. You folks probably hear Oliver Green on the radio up here on. Did you know I had the privilege of having him in the revival back in 1966? See, Greenville, South Carolina is 200 miles from me. Uh, Dr. Green had a real sense of humor. He drove up my yard one driveway on Monday afternoon. The reason I remember is 1966. He was driving the pretty little '66 River Air Buick. I said, "Brother Green, that's a beautiful car." He said, "Thank you, Brother Bobby. I won." A Buick dealer to the Lord, and he gave it to me. That's why. I mean. And then he laughed, and he said, "I'll just drive it till I win me a Cadillac dealer." <laughs> he was kidding then, but he did. Somebody gave him that. He was a soul winner. But Oliver Green wouldn't compromise with you. And I was a young man back then. Boy, when I could see a man like him faithful. Let me tell you what he did. The first night of the meeting. At that time, he was on 125 radio stations every day. And when he got up to preach, he said, Well, I answered right much mail before I left today. He said, I got a letter from a station. He didn't say whereabouts in California. From a station that I'm on in California. They said, Brother Green, you're just a little bit too hard on some things,' And said, "Uh, we don't want to have to take you off our station. But said, we're going to have to do something. I said, you be thinking about it now. thinking about it. And let us know in a week or so about this thing. You know what he said? I answered him before I left. I told him, as far as I was concerned, they could put that station in the ocean before I'd compromise with them. That, that's what I'm talking about, folks. And I helped a young preacher like me. uh, Harold Seitner you know people that Doctor Harold Saitner. What a man of God, Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. He preached me 28 times when he was living. One day, Doctor Seitner he said, "Brother Bobby, don't you get to misunderstanding. I'm not about to quit. I shall take on until the Lord calls me home. I will not quit." He got in that old Cadillac and took off down 40. I said there and cried like a baby. I said, thank God there's a man 83 years old that's determined to go on. You know what I mean, Paul. When you see somebody faithful, and, and if you and I want to be a blessing to people, let's be faithful where God puts us. and And God, my friend, will make us a blessing and will help somebody else be faithful along the way. Here's something else I put down here. Faithfulness. Will keep us from becoming a stumbling block. Like I said, somebody's watching our life all the time. You think about those twelve spies. Now God told them that that land of Canaan was theirs, but there was only two of them was faithful, was taking His word. Joshua and Caleb. Ten of them said it would be good, but we can't do it. Too many giants. If they had been faithful, like Joshua and Caleb, there would have been thousands of people who went into the promised land. But because they were unfaithful to believe what God said and stand, they died out there in the wilderness. That's what I'm talking about. I'm just saying people watch. And and, and to me, that's, that's a stumbling block. That's a stumbling block. God help us. Listen, every one of us have got a family, part of a family somewhere, And we need to be faithful for them. That's what I'm trying to say. Faithful. I think about my youngest brother. And this tape wouldn't get to him. I wouldn't hurt no way. I let my youngest brother, three years younger than me, and his wife to the Lord years ago. They had four children. A little girl, three boys. Lived close to him. It was members of my church. And they moved off. His job sent him off to another place. They got out of church. And they got having trouble in their home. I went to see him one day found out he wasn't going to church very good and the daughter was about she's a, she's the same age of my daughter, really, and my daughter's forty five that's my baby too, but she was sixteen seventeen at that time eighteen. I used to go in that area and preach and she I remember one night she brought two pews full of people to hear her uncle preach. But she's in a little Southern Baptist church over there. I got after my brother. My brother said, I'm not going over there at that place. I said, well, you better, you and your wife better get in church and set the right example in front of these kids. Yeah, I know, we're going to get started, but they didn't get started. Now, wait a minute. Like I said, I don't hurt a man after he's been hurt. If you can help him. But they drifted apart, got too much of the world in their home, and just separated Years ago, those kids went every which way. That sweet girl that had a good testimony, she's 45 now. I don't guess I've seen her in 10 years. She's got two illegitimate children that have been married. I thought to myself, and God forbid I judge, but I thought to myself, if my brother and his wife had stayed faithful in church and led those children the right way, I understand one of those boys is lives somewhere in Virginia, is an alcoholic. I'd love to try to hunt him up if I could, but the family is scattered. And my brother's never remarried, his wife later remarried. But faithfulness will do a lot of things, my friend. It'll do it. And I don't care, listen, you got little boys and girls in your home, some of you, you be faithful in be faithful in your Bible reading and your devotions with them. They'll never forget it. And set those saints. That's what I'm talking about. Set the right example in front of them, and then you won't be a stumbling block, you see. That's very important. I give God all the glory for this. My wife and I got married. I kid him. when we was five. We, we was a little bit older than that. But, uh, we were teenagers, really. And uh, some of you know Steve, my oldest boy. He's, uh, just, he's older than you are. Could you believe that I'm old enough to be that man's daddy, like that, my soul. Anyway, uh, <laughs> he's an old man, and I'm, you know. But uh, my wife was a Methodist, professed to be a Christian when we got married. And uh, I got saved one month before we got married. <laughs> I got saved in little Baptist church, old-fashioned Baptist church, shouting, carrying on like everything, you know. A little small church. Well, she went there with for a while, and she quit. and And she just said, "I'm not going." Steve was born; he's about two or three months old. And and I'm not giving myself any credit, but folks, I almost quit church myself. I thought, well, I just quit, and my wife won't go. And I remember going to one of the older men there in church, and I said, I said, I I, I don't know where to keep coming. Not I said, my wife just don't like this church. He said, Don't you stop. No man, you I'll help you pray. You just keep going. And I'd go down sometimes an old barn out behind my house where we live on Sunday afternoon just go out and cry and pray in the barn, wishing my wife and go and my little baby and her, I'd leave it home and I'd go. And and she don't know how close I come to just deciding, well I'll quit too. But God helped me to be faithful. And one Sunday night, she said, I believe I'll go with you tonight. Oh, boy. That night, the old preacher, I don't know why, I've never known him do this before, but at the end of his message, this church had one little aisle. We're sitting back to my left, my wife and I, and Steve, maybe. And uh, he said, I'd like to shake hands with all of you on your way to heaven tonight. He said, We might not. Uh, meet again and he said play something on the piano you know, something, I don't know what." and so I, so I just like shake hands with you and he stood down front well I knew she professed to be a Christian she's a church member and I said you know me the hold a baby and going. she said you just go ahead. so I stepped out come on down and shook hands with him and as I'm going back to my seat I met her and I looked, and the lady, they, I don't think he had any nurses back like then. Anyway, and the lady sitting on the, in the pew over there, she had our baby. And just about the time that I turned to sit down in my chair, I uh, see in the, in the on the pew. Back in those days when you come, I wish they took the Bible and showed you. But man, they'd get around you and pray, you know. And by the time I started to sit down, the pastor said, some of you ladies want to come pray for this lady. She wants to be saved. In my wife I'll never forget it was two years after I got saved I'll never forget what she said when she got saved she stood out and she testified to it if she's here tonight. and she said I'd done everything I could to stop him from coming to this place but I seen he had something I didn't have that's what she said and she thinks I led her to the Lord so I'm just saying tonight, I don't like to tell that because I don't like to feel like I've done anything because I almost quit. But sometime you may be, your husband or your somebody else may be, but you'd be surprised. It may be tough, but you hang in there. God will use that. God will bless faithfulness. That's what I'm talking about. God will use it. Then uh, here's a, one more thing I want to mention. Faithfulness will always give rewards. And we know that. There's so much scripture that you, you know, Peter said one day, you remember when a fellow in Luke 18 come to Jesus and turned and went away, you know? And when Jesus said, sell what you have, give the poor, and he went away sad. He didn't want to give what he had. And then Peter looked at him and said, Lord, we've left all. And what did Jesus say, Peter? No man has left houses and land, and so on and so forth, all his people. If all what shall not have even more in this present time? then everlasting life. See, if we're faithful, God's going to reward faithfulness. Now you would look at gospel like Baptist Church, or you'd look at Fair Haven, and you'd say, well, that's a bigger church than this, that's right. But God's not going to reward on, on, on the size. He's going to reward on the faithfulness. There's a man years ago, I refer to Harold Seidner again, he called me 45 years ago. He said, Brother Bobby, I've been up in the hills of Kentucky preaching. And he said, there's a there's a, a whole county there that don't even have an independent Baptist church at all. And he said, we bought a little Presbyterian church, had an old school building and three acres of land. And said, we bought it, our church did for $3,000. And he said, I come back to Tabernacle and I asked somebody that was willing to go up there and start a church. And e. Bertie Moore, I don't guess you know him. Said uh, there, he had three, ch- four children, and said he says he'd go to Dr. doctor's said we can't give him a hundred dollars a month. I want you to help him. I said yes, sir. That's been forty-five years ago. We've been still giving a hundred dollars a month. Now I've been up in them hills and preached for him. He's been shot at. <laughs> I mean, he and I doubt if he had fifty last Sunday. But you say, well, look, we had uh, like about. Eight, sixteen, eighteen, having 3,000. Now to you, that would be, but wait a minute, wait a minute. If that man's been more faithful there, just like that woman with the water I'm talking about, he's going to get a greater reward. Don't get your eyes on big things. Get your eyes on being faithful. Being faithful. That's what we need. Faithfulness will give rewards. It will give rewards here. Daryl Cox, you don't know I maybe, pastor's 25 miles from me. About 20 years ago, I recommended this little church. Had a big debt. And he'd come and took it. He has been a real soul. he has been there 20, 21, or 2 years. He called me two or three times. He said, Brother Bobby, I don't know where I want to stick in this place or not. He said, we have to count. We have to count on Monday morning our offer and then start apologizing for this bill and that and we can't pay. And he says, like that all the time for years. And I said, but Darrell, who's going to take that if you leave? I said, you stick in there. You put God first. He'll bless you. And he did. And he's paid it off and just went in the New Tour. <laughs> you ever notice that if you're just through those tough times, you just be faithful, walk on by faith and, and, and then, and, and, you know, and, and then that, that produces so much. Faithfulness brings trustworthiness. You know, trustworthiness. Uh, you know, the Lord said in Luke, is it Luke 16? If you're faithful, over oh, that which is little, then you'll be faithful, that which is much. See, if we'll be faithful where we're we at, I, I see there's a lot of things. I can't preach like a lot of folks, but I can be honest and be faithful. And you can too. Some of these younger preachers say, well, Brother Bobby, you have so much liberty at Gospel Life. I said, it didn't happen overnight. I don't know how many buses we got, probably 60. We're on 40 some of them on Sunday. But, but years ago, I guess it's been 20 years ago, one of the deacons just spoke up in a meeting and said, man, I'd like to, I'd like to make a motion that we ask the church to give our pastor the full authority to buy or sell a bus however he feels led said, he takes care of that, and they did. The Both said to me sometime, boy, you mean you got? I said, yes, but son, you don't get that overnight. It takes years. And I give buses away. Sometime back, we bought about $40,000 worth at one time. I got up and talked, praise God, we got some $40,000 Hey, man, preacher, that's good. But you don't get that. If you'll just be honest and faithful to God, God will bless you with many, many things in life. Let's bow and have a word of prayer. Lord, I hope that this has been a blessing tonight, uh, this thing of faithfulness. And I want you to help me to practice what I preach, Lord. You know, there's no doubt people right here now, maybe on the job, maybe in their home, who knows, I don't know, going through some hard, tough times. But help them just to keep on. Keep their eyes up on you. Maybe at some time they feel like nobody is going to get saved. But Lord, we can't save them. We can show a witness to them and help us to be faithful. Bless this good pastor and his family to always be faithful. These young people in college, Lord, as they start out in life, if it's some place back in the hills and hollers, if it's yonder in some mission field that nobody ever hears from them, wherever you want them, help them to be faithful. Now, before I close my prayer, I want to ask a question tonight. I've been talking to us Christians tonight. are you here tonight and you're not saved. Jesus died for you. By putting your faith and trust, He will save you. And if you don't trust Him, if you don't receive Him as your Savior, you'll have to go to hell. And I'd like to ask you this question tonight before I close my prayer. If there's someone here tonight, say, Brother Bobby, if i met death between here and home, I don't know I'd go to heaven. And I'm concerned, and I just want you to pray for me. Don't embarrass me. Just pray for me. Would you slip your hand out? If you just put it right up and down. I'm not planning on coming to your see. I just want to have prayer for you. Preacher, I don't know I'm saved. I just want you to pray for me. Anybody like that? I hope everybody's saved. Let me ask you one more question. Is there somebody here tonight you're going through a lot of hard battles? And you say, Brother Bobby, pray for me that through these things that I'll stand faithful when I can't see, feel, or whatever, I'll just be faithful through my battles. Are like you going through somebody I'd like that? You pray for them. God bless you, brother. Somebody, God bless you. God bless you. Yes, and you. Yes, we all have them going. Let's stand and have prayer together. Now, dear Lord, I want to continue to pray for pray for my brothers and sisters tonight. I'm glad that you know the battles they're having. And I want you to help them to commit it to you. Not just tonight, but every day. Just to stand by the grace of God and to be faithful. Keep their eyes upon you and realize it always pays off. And Lord, surely in this dark country we're in, right even in this city of so much wickedness, these people need to see that we're faithful to church and faithful in the things of God. And Lord, I believe that we can win many of them to Christ if we do. So help each one now. I pray in Jesus' name and for His sake. Let's keep our heads bowed. I want just to play on the piano for a moment. If God has spoke to your heart, you'd like to come tonight, kneel here and pray, you the pastor's right here. Just come and talk to him tonight. If there is anyone tonight, would you come? Dear brother, if you'd like to speak to the pastor, just come. God knows why you're here. He knows the battle you're going through. And sometimes we lose a glimpse of the battle that he knows about, you know. And we feel like nobody knows about it. But remember what he said, I know thy words. He knows them. He knows all about it. How about it tonight? How about it? Anybody else before we pray?